welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Good morning. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. And this morning, we are going to be talking about maintaining autonomy in a relationship. And as you all know, we have been talking about building healthy relationships and all the pieces and parts that go into that. And maintaining autonomy is something that I see uh, go awry for, for many people due to a lot of conditioning and programming that we subconsciously hold on to that um, many of us just really don't understand that it's, it's damaging. So I would love to just get into some of this nitty gritty because I think that this will um, give you a much better shot, gives all of us a much better shot at having long-term healthy relationships that are built on choice to be together instead of needing to be together. And this is where autonomy is super, super important because if you want a relationship where you both simply desire to be in the relationship and it's truly based on wanting to be there, not needing to be there, then autonomy has to be present. Um, it requires both people to be um, to have some level of independence. So let's jump in. Um, I want to give, I guess, a little bit of backstory why I feel this is a common catch. And, and the reason is I hear many, many women who will say, like very confused, right? They're like, I don't understand. I just got out of this very toxic, abusive, codependent relationship and my self-worth is in shambles. And how in the hell did I get here? Because I used to be this very independent, fiery woman, right? Someone who didn't take any shit from anybody, right? And how did I get from there to being this person I never imagined that I would be? Someone who stayed and stayed and stayed in a relationship and tolerated and settled and did all these things that never used to be me. How do we bridge that gap? How did that happen? So in deconstructing that, autonomy is this very, very important piece that we have often perceived that in a healthy relationship, we share everything and we give up all of our independence. And what we end up doing in that is we, we end up actually giving away our personal authority we end up giving away our ability to make our own choices and we end up in a relationship where it's very, very difficult to get out of because we end up needing that person. We've enmeshed ourselves so completely with the other person that even if it's become very toxic and unhealthy, we see uh, it's very hard to untangle ourselves from it. And we're going to get into some of the details about you know, how to maintain um, autonomy, but I want to make sure, Marie, do you have anything to add? No, that's to... a pretty good coverage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you experienced women as well, or maybe even been in a relationship where it was very difficult to leave? Yes, because of the way we built it. Yeah. The share everything, the 
I'm the, you know, I only want to be a wife and a mom. I only want, yeah, I've been there and I've witnessed it a lot. Just, just, it gets messy. It's just, like you said, the word enmeshed. Everything is so mixed together that it's really hard to see your own independence in there. Right. Yeah, I'm curious, so what was your experience when you were attempting to leave a relationship or a marriage where you had... right and where um, we had shared everything accounts all of that and that makes it very difficult to try to separate and say what's your um, breaking up a family um, the old paradigms of you know women should you know be the person that takes care of the children and be home and all that good stuff um, so is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. What what There's fears came up for you when you thought about leaving or untangling yourself? Um, one, I, I think the number one is can I parent alone? Mm -hmm. Can I um, be there for my children in the way I could? Uh, the financial piece, definitely. Where are we going to live? How am I going to maintain things? because you get used to living a certain way and um, I had to I had to tear down some paradigms of getting assistance because that was very taboo getting any kind of assistance and and there was a lot of shame and guilt about accepting it and then there was also all the paradigms of that everyone in the getting assistance is you know, abusing it and that. And so it, it, there was a lot of different programmings that I could see popping up. But, but it, and the pride that I held, like, oh, I can do this all by myself. I, there's, I don't need assistance from anyone. And so thinking that independence was meaning that I had to do it all by myself with no help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about yeah. you? Um, so I... I had two very unhealthy relationships, but very, very different relationship. And, and so in the first one, the enmeshment that showed up was more me giving of my own um, resources to the point that they were reliant and dependent on me. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a whole different dynamic. Still that same principle of feeling that a healthy relationship means, you know, if you love someone, you give everything of sure. yours, right? And even if they aren't contributing anywhere near that amount um, or at all, you still owe it to them. Sure. And so um, I put myself in a really, really bad situation financially where I was accumulating a lot of debt trying to take care of two people. Um, meanwhile, you know, there was addiction and things that were happening in that relationship too. So that was a, another money suck, right? Right. And so, um, in that relationship, I was giving up a lot of my financial autonomy and then it was very difficult to, to break that enmeshment, to unravel it because I felt guilty Sure. because this person is reliant on me, right? So that right. was a whole different, um, unraveling because I had to... Uh, reclaim myself and my financial autonomy and I also had to watch that person um, really have to suffer the consequences of their own yeah. actions in a way that it was very hard to watch so that was one relationship and that's emotional autonomy too for sure yeah um, 
and and I was taking responsibility that wasn't mine. There, there was sure. that kind of enmeshment. Yeah. And then the next relationship, which was the marriage that was much longer, um, it was, I, I'm thankful that in many ways I did maintain some financial autonomy. Um, I'm really fortunate that I still maintained my own bank account. I still maintained my own savings account. I still had my own job and line of work. And in many ways, we kept something separate. Right. And I'm really grateful that when, when the time came that it was so uh, clear that I needed to leave, um, I had those resources. And I can totally see where many, many women um, or, or men that need to leave a relationship, when there's that full enmeshment, it's so much harder um, to do what is really self-loving to do and yeah. to really untangle that. I will say even in, in leaving um, my, my marriage, I think that there was so much fear around providing for myself, even though, you know, it's so funny looking back because I see the facts and the facts were, um, I had over 20 grand in savings and I had a career and I have a degree and I have some assets that many people don't have right. when they leave. Um, and I would say it was almost an insurmountable fear that I wouldn't be able to take care of myself or that I wouldn't be able to give myself the lifestyle that that he could give me. And he mm. would say that over oh, yeah. and over. You know, you'll never That's be able to travel. To you'll never <laughs> be able to have, you know, this lifestyle. Um, and there, there was some enmeshment where... You know, I didn't have the autonomy of my home. Mm -hmm. So the home that we lived in was owned by his father. So oh. I had no, I had no um, ability to to claim any sovereignty or any ownership of the place that I lived, and that caused some great insecurity. That was something that was easily able to be used as a, a dangling sure. carrot. You know. Sure. Um, well, I could kick you out, you know, you could have 30 days today, you know, those sorts sure. of things became really big um, sticking points. So what became so clear to me when I left that relationship was um, I want to live in a home that I have some ownership of and just a much clearer sense of partnership. Exactly. Right. So, um, really clearly defining where is appropriate joint ownership, where is appropriate um, individual ownership, because I do think it's it's very vital to have both and, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see some people that advocate for, you know, keep everything separate, or some people that advocate for keep everything together. And I think that there's problems in both. And mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be a both and where you are your partners clearly in some areas and you still have your own independence and right. autonomy. Um, it's very doable just so that is. people know and understand. It's very doable to have both. Absolutely. And, um, and so looking back, I can kind of see where I had some of these these pitfalls and this isn't something that we really talk about no you know nobody talked about this as I was growing up you know okay when you're a partner you know here's here's the things that could happen yeah. um, or you know the the things that are 
potentially negative. As a mediator, I also get to see a whole other side of, of the picture because I see relationships that dissolve and I see the very um, practical um, resources that you know fall on one side or the other or how things dissolve and and you get a real clear picture of how it could have been set up um, maybe more fairly yeah. or um, you know especially people who give up their earning power you know exactly. I see I see a lot of relationships where where they've decided you know one person is going to stay home and take care of the kids in the home and the other person's going to work on their career and that works only if the relationship stays together. If it dissolves, you have one person that is clearly ahead of the game mm -hmm. and one person that clearly loses because they can divide the assets equally straight up and down 50-50 and one person is still walking away with much more earning power exactly. than the other. So, you know, I think we get to be much more conscious and much more intentional about how we choose to maintain our our own personal health, our own personal um, independence as we walk in in our relationships. Not that we're planning for them to dissolve, but I believe that two people being independent and able to care for themselves actually contributes much better to the health of the relationship. It allows each person to feel that safety in order to make choices, right? So yeah. you're not making those choices out of fear. You're mm -hmm. making those choices out of absolutely, I'm making this choice because I feel mm -hmm. empowered to yes. make it. Um, the other thing I wanted to address that people, reasons that people stay are outside of the marriage. Like the other programming is you're supposed to stay together forever yeah. and you're worried about all the ways that people are going to blame you, shame you, make you feel horrible and terrible. Those groups and communities that um, really um, reinforce that you stay together no matter what yeah. and that when you break out of it for whatever reasons at that any reason that you give is not good enough because that's the old programming of sticking. So that's some fear that I had as well as, you know, what, what will people think of me when I've broken up this family or that we're supposed to stay together forever, be, being married forever. Um, but I hadn't set those up for success either. Um, and both of them were very addictive relationships too. So that was taking a lot of resources that felt un very unfair to me, to my family, because those were resources we couldn't use because they were being consumed yeah. over the top. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a big problem I see in in many women who struggle with um, husbands with with addictions because you do have like this drain out the back door, right? Um, so you know, if sometimes you imagine, out the front door, if you imagine you know, this, this cup. And, yeah. and it's got a big hole in the bottom, I can be pouring and pouring and pouring and I can be doing so much work and it's all for nothing because yeah. it's all just spilling out the bottom and some of those relationships are exactly like that. That causes a lot of fear too. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, so I, and I do want to address, you know, what you just said about, you know, staying no matter what. And we addressed this too in sure. uh, one of our recent podcasts um, about commitment. Mm -hmm. And... 
what I like to say is, you know, reminding people they can choose whatever they, they want to choose. And um, either your, your standards and your values are non-negotiable or your relationships are. You can't have it both ways. If, if a woman tells me I will do anything except leave this relationship, then I realize she has made her decision to stay in the face of anything, which means verbal abuse, uh, financial abuse, physical abuse, sexual coercion, all, all the things, right? If someone says, I am willing, I'm not willing to leave no matter what, that no matter what comes with a very big cost. And we're allowed to make whatever choice we want. You know, you are, you are the ultimate decision maker of your life. I am the ultimate decision maker of my life and I made that choice for a while. I was a no matter what girl for years and it cost me a lot and it was, it created a lot of suffering in my life and, um, unneeded. Yeah. Yeah. Very unneeded. So, so I think that it only benefits us to have more clarity about the choice that we're making. So, you know, if you choose to stay no matter what, then acknowledge that you are saying, you know, my, this relationship is non-negotiable, therefore my standards and my values are negotiable. Um, it's, it's one or the other, and, um, and that can be a really tough truth to come to terms with. Um, but that goes back really into our, our commitment um, sure. topic. Um, so when we're getting into the, the autonomy piece, there's a couple of different um, areas that we're talking about and I think we've we've touched on a couple of them financial is obviously huge, huge you know maintaining your own bank accounts and your own assets and and not carrying guilt that you own those individually um, instead of you know feeling obligated to share everything I, I think that we get to undo some of this conditioning that everything is owed and everything must be shared right. um, I think we get into problems when we're in relationships that demand those things of you instead of actually celebrating your own independence and celebrating your own um, assets and success. Um, this is something I, I really would love to see flourish more in relationships where we celebrate that each other has independence and we celebrate that each other has their own successes and that it's not something that we have to be jealous about or demand that we share. Um, and, and celebrate that we don't need each other. Yes. That, because um, one of the things, um, and I, we've talked about it before, is when, when um, my husband was talking to his brother and he says, "You Marie doesn't need you. And he goes, no, I don't want her to need me because that takes away choice. Yep. Bingo. And this is the biggest, this is the biggest thing here in autonomy when we're, we're talking about maintaining independence or even, you know, going back to commitment, this works in both of these scenarios. But when you take away choice and when you say, um, I want this person to need me. That actually comes from a place of insecurity. The only reason that I would want Marie to need me is because I'm afraid that she won't want me. And this is a really, really important concept here because I've been in relationships, especially with men who are insecure. They want me to need them because they are desperately afraid that, that I won't want them 
Why? Because generally there's some level of mistreatment and abuse going on. And so it's very easy to get a partner to tolerate unacceptable behavior if they need you. So that's a, that's a dynamic that's really, really important to understand. And so maintaining your on your, uh, I keep wanting to say anonymity, your autonomy, um, maintaining your autonomy is really important because it also maintains your choice. And this means, um, to me, that is what true love is, is when two people are genuinely staying together because they want to, not because they need to, not because they have to, but because they genuinely want to be there. And so, and it actually makes you feel safe and secure. Absolutely, I think I, it makes me feel very safe and secure. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that we would actually ever seek to secure someone's need of us is so that we can mistreat them, so that we can get away with things that we shouldn't be able to get away with. <laughs> um, so I hope you know you're making that connection here, because there's really no reason to make someone need you. Hi, Abby. Good morning, Abby. Um, yeah, so, um, so financial autonomy, I want to make sure we cover, cover a couple of areas. Um, you covered a little bit of social autonomy too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's relationships that you have, um, in, in friend groups or, you know, we need to normalize, we get to normalize um, having our own friendships, having our own social groups, um, that that isn't threatening, that that's actually a really healthy thing. I don't have to like all of Marie's friends. Marie doesn't have to like all of my friends. Um, and that doesn't need to mean anything about right. our, our, our um, relationship relationships. So or about us. Exactly. <laughs> um, our careers really important as well. I think that, um, it's, it's been normalized for um, one person to give up their dreams or their career path for the sake of someone else's. I think this is dangerous territory. Um, we get to celebrate each other having um, successful career paths or, you know, I say career, it doesn't have to be, you know, an actual career, but what is, what is your creative genius? What are your dreams? Um, no one should really be sacrificing their dreams for someone else's. Um, and this goes back to a concept that we've talked about many times, which is the purpose of a relationship is a container to empower and encourage you to be the best version of yourself, to um, support your calling, to enhance your calling, not to diminish it, not to get in the way of it. So I think we really get to uh, reevaluate re any relationships that are taking away from you as a person, taking away from your ability to um, accomplish your dreams and, um, and pursue your calling. Um, we get to question those relationships and we get to decide, you know, is this working or is this not? Is this a relationship that gets to adjust and change? Because I think that it is, it is too costly to sacrifice your individual health for a relationship. Because what happens is when we prioritize the relationship above the health of each individual is we end up having no relationship. It's an illusion of a relationship if you have two people that are not 
truly healthy or living at their highest potential. That isn't a healthy relationship. So a healthy relationship is two healthy people that are enhancing each other. That and not is, manipulating. <laughs> that is, that's the purpose of a relationship. So do you have anything more to add to that? I did. I think I just lost oh. <laughs> it. Um, I, do, I do think that that's where our creative genius can come in, too. There, there's, I've seen people make things happen in very creative ways to, to, make, to help each other thrive, right? So the, it is very possible. There's, there's very rarely a time where it's a, an either-or. And so just to think about that there's possibilities. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, intuition when, um, and, and we'll probably get there, but mainly that when you start feeling that your choices are being infringed upon and you get that niggle, let's say that you, um, you feel that something, some right you have has been violated and you feel encroached upon and you get this, or you have this really big negative reaction, and then all of a sudden you go, and you dismiss it. And it's probably that you are giving up something um, for the sake of um, either not wanting to rock the boat or cause a problem or um, lose the relationship. You're working in that fear territory. So using your intuition as a guide to know when your autonomy might be being violated. Mm -hmm. And just taking a look at it, because if I'm like, if I overreact on something, um, I'm trying to think of an example um, at the moment, but I can't like, um, I can't think of an example. <laughs> but do, do you understand what I'm totally. asking? Yeah. Yeah. Same. When you start to feel pressured. Pressure. That's something. it. Yeah. Maybe it's pressure for sex or pressure for um, money giving or giving up a friend. Giving up a friend. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like competing time. That's that's a big one. Um, being mad. You know, feeling like your partner is mad that. Um, you're spending time with a friend versus or the time gym. with them. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's a big oh, one. Competing. The gym or um, a mentor or um, a job. You know, things that actually are adding to you. Um, and when a partner is mad that you are spending time bettering yourself instead of with them, that can be a really big red flag. Also, I like to gauge the defensiveness that comes oh, up. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you... If you make something known that you want to better yourself in some way or you want to invest in yourself in some way and you get defensiveness from your partner um, and and you get resistance from you know wanting and, and really that person is hindering you from bettering yourself that's a, that's a red flag um, if you find that you are scared of communicating that you mm. want to do something because you're afraid of their reaction mm -hmm. um, that's another you know red flag I've seen a lot of women that flag comes up when they want to get an education or want yes. to read more and grow more so yeah I see that because they're again the fear of losing them or not being able to, um, that she'll get wise, <laughs> wise and leave. And, and this is a really big red flag because, um, in a healthy partnership, we, 
We only celebrate each other getting better, smarter, fitter, healthier, um, make more money, more educated, <laughs> all of these things. Um, we, we should always be celebrating in our partners. And if that celebration isn't there, then that's a red flag that there's more ownership going on than there is actually enhancing and yeah. encouraging and empowering. Well, like Joe will say, you can make more money than me. I don't care. Go for it. You know, I, I think that's because that's some programming too, right? That we, that women often get is you can't make more money or do anything that makes that other person feel insecure. And so I, I like the fact that um, it's okay for, and he celebrates that every time or every time I grow more or shine. So if I'm shining and they're not, you know, they're with me in the spotlight clapping for me, that's, that's a good sign too. Mm -hmm. And that's, that really goes with any friendship, any relationship oh, yeah. at all. Um, that it's, it's not about competition. It's not about ownership or jealousy or possessiveness. It's about, um, it's about really celebrating each other's freedom and really cherish, cherishing and, um, and valuing each other's freedom mm -hmm. and their power. You know, your power doesn't threaten mine. Right. No one's power threatens mine. I, I want them to be more powerful, better versions of themselves. Um, and if that isn't what's coming up for me, then I really need to do some introspection and, and see where my insecurity is. Why why do I feel insecure about someone else having more power? And where am I giving up my power? Mm -hmm. I'm Sometimes I'm the one that's just going, here, you take this away from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, I think we are about at time. Oh, um, that was fast I, I today. Know, it did go really fast. Um, is there any final thoughts that I guess I want to run through each yes, category? Please. So yeah, there's the financial autonomy, there's uh, career or creative autonomy, there's social autonomy, emotional um, autonomy, emotional, uh, physical autonomy. Um, you know, you get to do what you want with your body. You get to put in your body what you want to put in your body. All of these areas are autonomy where we often decide once we get into a relationship, even if we've been a very independent individual, uh, we get into a relationship and we go, okay, now these are all joint decisions. And they are not all joint decisions. There are some things that you get to make as joint decisions. And then there are lots of things that are still only your decisions. Your body is only your decision to do what you want with. Um, you will have some resources that are your resources and there's nothing wrong with you saying that they are your resources and you will have some shared resources and you get to do what you want with your brain and with your time and with your attention. Those are all things that are still your decisions to make even if you're in a relationship. No one gets to stake claim over those things. So um, that was pretty yummy. Yep, that I think is the crux of yeah, overarching what we're getting. And at. and then also repeating, it is very possible to be autonomous as well as be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I really honestly believe that the the best relationships are two people who are fearless in their autonomy and celebrate each other's autonomy. Um, that is a truly secure partnership. Alrighty. Well, that next was time. some juicy stuff. Um, yes, next time, let me see. Where are we at?
We are coming up on episode 100. Can you believe that? Crazy. I know. Okay, so acknowledging changes in relationships. This will be a, a juicy one. So mm -hmm. being able to adapt and adjust. Um, this is a really, really important life skill no matter what you're doing and, and how what's going on in your world. How to navigate the crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, it is very, very important to know how to adapt and roll with the punches. So... Um, yes, changes in relationships. Love you too. Yeah. Yes, love you, Abby. Uh, it did go <laughs> super fast. Um, okay, announcements. Uh, we are coming up on our Warrior Goddess Retreat. Um, there's more information up online. If you visit JillianAurora.com, click on Signature Programs and Warrior Goddess Retreat. Um, if you enjoy our podcast, I think that you are likely to very much enjoy our retreat. We will be talking a lot about unraveling gender programming. Um, I like to look at, you know, all of my unapologetic work as very, um, specific, right? Life specific. And the warrior goddess course is a much broader view. Uh, we'll be taking into account some historical perspectives about, um, you know, why we are where we're at today in our gender programming and our gender conditioning and, you know, what has guided us there, where we want to go from, from there. So, um, it's a very broad perspective and how we, as women will be reclaiming our authority and our our divinity because uh, for a long time uh, there has only been a masculine version of God right we we hear God but we don't hear um, any feminine uh, reference to the divine and I think there's been some lost uh, lost along the the veins of history and so we're gonna reclaim some of that so if you're interested in any of what I have shared please go visit the website check it out and um, let's see other announcements well that's in a month so that'll be in Coeur d'Alene Idaho in September mid-September um, we also have if you are in the Boise area we have Kim Fest that we will on both Sunday, be yeah. there on this Sunday the 8th from 11 in the morning until 7 p.m. So please come say hi. We would love to see you. Um, Fun for the whole family too. Like there's bouncy houses and characters and lots of speakers and music and yeah, very festival-ish. Yeah. Yes, yes. So please come join us if you are in the area. We would love to see your beautiful faces. And let's see, we talked about topic for the next week. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any questions or comments or topic requests, you can email me at defytheaverage at gmail.com. You can also email Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. We'd yes, love to do. hear anything from you. Any of your comments, even if, even if you hate what we have to say, um, you're welcome to share that too. We she love any of your feedback. Um, let's see. Any other comments? Um, all right. With that, I hope you have an amazing week. We'll see you next Thursday morning. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, don't get too hot out there. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Bye, guys. Bye.